Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hello there, healthy gardeners. I hope your world is amazing and wonderful today. Mine is. And it is because I keep on growing and changing and adapting. I am open to learn new things and try them out. Trial by fire or trial and error. It's a liberating way to live. I fear if we don't change, don't grow, don't adapt, then we are suspect to growing old with the TV clicker in our hands and missing out on what the world has to offer. We start to believe our isolation buddies, those targeted pop-up ads or late-night cable ads that get you to buy some ridiculous little pill that has all of the benefits of a real piece of fruit or a head of lettuce in it. We take them up on their buy one and get 12 free now, this minute, only because we fake ourselves into believing that the little green pill is a bowl full of salad just without the dressing. It was formulated by a doctor, so it must be real, right? If I take one of those a day or eat two salads a day by taking two little pills, then I have all the nutrients I need. I've had double my daily greens, and now I can eat all of the cookies, candies, five taco takeout from Uber Dash I want as a reward for my incredibly healthy nutrition program that I'm getting from Garden in a pill. <laughs> it sounds nuts, right? What's nuts is that this is actually a thing. Garden in a pill. Like, not the actual name, but it reminds me of how gardeners have been targeted to not feed their soil and grow their soil, but fertilize their gardens. Especially their beloved veggie plots, raised beds, and containers. It's the same kind of pseudoscience nonsense. We can give our tomatoes everything they need with some super-duper, all-purpose tomato food that has absolutely everything your tomato needs to thrive. Really? Do your tomatoes really need Senor Salsa's smoking hot tomato granules to grow big and red and plump and healthy? Hmm. Mariachis, please. Muy caliente, mis amigos. Of course your tomatoes don't need that. The chemical company that created Senor Salsa made you believe that you will never grow big, ripe, happy tomatoes without their fertilizer because they want your salsa to have a little extra spice from mine sulfur and a little dash of ammonium. Doesn't that sound muy calor? Extra spicy? Extra hot? It sounds insane. This episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast, episode number 57, Unfertilizing Your Veggie Garden, is going to save you a ton of dough, a ton of taste when it comes to how your veggies are actually going to taste, grown the healthy garden way, and a ton of health, which is what kids, Big Chem, and their kissing cousin, Big Med, don't want you to have any part of. 
health. Hi there, Healthy Gardeners. I'm excited to tell you that my book, A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, is being released by Next Generation Publishing this week, July 22nd, Saturday. It's a gardening book like no other. A Hundred Years of Deception details how gardening has been hijacked by chemical gardening for over a century and why gardening must change for our health, our garden's health, and our planet's health. This book is for you, healthy gardeners, and for your gardening friends who don't know what's behind the corrupt and evil chemical companies that control our beautiful world of gardening. I walk you through the truth that I have learned over 30 years in the gardening world as an industry insider. You'll learn things from me that I have never shared before, anywhere. To go on this amazing journey with me, Randy Ritchie, your host and author, of A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, order your copy on Amazon.com this Saturday, July 22nd. Again, that's A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change by me, Randy Ritchie, your host, on Amazon.com. There is so much disinformation about fertilizing veggie gardens that it makes my head spin. You spin me right round, baby, right round, like a record, baby, right round, round, round. Just like that song that we've all heard from Dead or Alive, the fertilizer industry wants to spin your head, your garden, and your health into a big web of confusion since chemical fertilization took a foothold in Britain, Europe, and America. It happened in stages, and eventually, the fertilizer lie just grew bigger, pun intended, bigger, and bigger, until now every university extension, most of the gardening websites that I'm sure lots of you Google, the governments, nurseries, the depots, gardening clubs, master gardening programs, magazines, garden book publishers, just about anyone having to do with the gardening world is in on the lie. But now, all of you, my friends who listen to the Healthy Garden Podcast, will know the truth once again. 
As I've told you multiple times on this show and detail in my upcoming book, A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, which, by the way, will be out on July 22nd. I'm excited because we're going to follow that release up with something really big, really big news. So chemical fertilization took form, as I've said before, with the creation of the Haber-Bosch method in Germany back in 1913 with the invention of the methodology to change nitrogen into ammonium. This became the gold standard of chemical fertilization, and that technological misadvance is still in play today. But fertilization goes back way before old Fritz and Carl. In 1772, Daniel Rutherford, a Scottish physician who was also a chemist and a botanist, is credited with the discovery of nitrogen. He was doing an experimentation on noxious air, fiery air, and foul-smelling air, and he was able to isolate nitrogen. After that discovery, scientists realized that nitrogen is one of the most abundant elements in the atmosphere. In 1773, soon after the discovery of nitrogen, urea was found in human urine by H.M. Roll. We'll return to that discovery in just a moment, but first, this just in. 1804, Nicolas Theodore de Saussure, a Swiss chemist and plant physiologist, discovered that nitrogen was essential as a nutrient for plant growth. He discovered that nitrogen is a major component in chlorophyll, which we all know from this show and from other places, that that is how plants use sunlight to produce sugars from water and carbon dioxide. Now, back to urea. In 1828, Friedrich Wohler created the first synthesized urea. This is important because urea, and I really... I'm not comfortable with that word. I never have been. I don't like it. Anyway, it was the first organic compound to be synthesized from inorganic materials. His discovery was by accident, and it occurred while he was attempting to synthesize ammonium cyanate by treating silver cyanate with ammonium chloride. The result of the accident was a white crystalline material that was identical to the urea found in urine. Today, urea is created for fertilizer by reacting carbon dioxide and anhydrous ammonia under high pressure and high temperature. Over 140 million tons of this fabuloso stuff is produced annually throughout the world. Yay, urea! We've got a couple of more historical fertilizer tidbits for you before moving on to why they're important and why all of us have been so acclimated to chemical fertilization. But first, a drug note on how drugs, well, drug companies, got into fertilizer or vice versa. In 1864, Adolf von Baer, yes, that Baer, discovered that urea and malonic acid would form barbiturates. On a side note, did you know that beside creating aspirin, Bayer created synthetic heroin? True story. 
In the summer of 1897, over a two-week period, Felix Hoffman, a young scientist, invented both. Think about that. Aspirin and heroin over two weeks in a summer. Nice work, Friedrich. No, nice work, Felix. Bear even went on to sell heroin all over the world to control mental disorders, help patients get ready for surgery, relieve the pain of childbirth, and to help with war injuries. By the 1930s, it was banned because of how addictive it was. Just like garden fertilizers should be banned. And all of this brought to you by one of the worst chemical companies on the planet, Bayer. Yay, Bayer! Off of our little drug trip and back to agriculture. Well, chemical agriculture, the root of the whole problem with chem gardening. In 1842, Sir John Bennett Laws created the first patented fertilizer. He treated phosphate with sulfuric acid, which created a single superphosphate. Superphosphate. Laws also experimented with manures on plant growth, and he founded the first ag research center in the world, the Rothamsted Experiment Station. Next, we go back to urea. Ugh, that word again. In 1884, urea formaldehyde was first synthesized by Dr. Holzer. Then in 1919, just like our German pals synthesized ammonium, a Czech, Hans John, patented the first urea formaldehyde resin. This is important for us because in addition to its use as fertilizer, urea formaldehyde is used in laminates textiles, wrinkle-resistant fabrics, cotton blends, rayon, and as a bonding agent for, check this one out, gang, cardboard, particle board, fiberboard, and plywood. The end of our little historical journey brings us back to our German chemists, Fritz Haber and Karl Bosch, and their artificial nitrogen fixation process. The key to the industrial process for the production of ammonium. This process was paid for and owned by another of the chemical giants. To find out who, you gotta get a hundred years of deception, why gardening must change. It's all there in the book. And it releases on July 22nd on Amazon. In 1902, Wilhelm Ostwald, another German scientist, invented a process that converted ammonia into nitric acid. He won the Nobel Prize in 1909. This is important because without the Haber-Bosch method that followed, we would not have the commercially available ammonium nitrate or urea that has built Big Ag. Our history portion of today's podcast lands us back in 1955 on the Wayback Machine when Nitroform, a urea formaldehyde slow-release fertilizer, was offered for sale. This was the first slow-release fertilizer. This was the grandfather of so many of the wonderful slow-release fertilizers that have made it into so many of our vegetable gardens and gardens for decades. I know people in my own family who have always used chemical fertilizer to grow their vegetables. I ran us through the history so that we could understand where it came from and also to see just how unnatural fertilizing is and just how evil the companies who make fertilizers are. 
Next, we're going to look at what the garden experts recommend and how you can unfertilize your veggie garden. healthy gardeners. As the first person who has read Randy's book, A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, I'm here to tell you it will take you to a whole new level of consciousness about the world of gardening today. You'll be able to walk by all those bags of soil and bottles of fertilizers and boxes of simples and amendments and know exactly what to look for that are red flags and know the real truth about what happened to him as he learned the truth. It will tell you the truth about zero-waste composting, lasagna layering, peat moss, cocoa core, perlite, steer manure compost, chicken manure compost, worm castings, horse manure compost, green waste compost, mycorrhizae, wetting agents, feather meal, alfalfa meal, soy meal, cottonseed meal, and much more. And it ends with a bang as to what he saw and felt on his last trade show with a major distributor. You'll want to read the book in one weekend and won't be able to put it down. It's easy to get through. It's his personal experiences testing in the field, in thousands of acres of land, in different climates and soil on his consulting projects. It will help you minimize cost and energy in the garden. It will tell you what he's taught across the country to tens of thousands of people after learning what they don't know. It's a very fun book, too, and feels interactive as he tells you his personal stories with organizations and some big leaders in the field. He's a great writer. This book is a perfect first book of many books of his to come and is a necessity in your garden library for every country. We'll be putting it out through all the Amazon channels, and it'll be published by Next Generation Publishing. Get your first book by Randy Ritchie, A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, this Saturday, July 22nd, on Amazon.com. Put it in your calendar today.
I really feel bad for gardeners and gardening so much of the time. Not for the gardeners who are listening to the Healthy Garden podcast or the guys who are transitioning to organic, but I feel bad for all of those other millions and millions of gardeners who are out there and go on to some super lame website of misinformation that's out there on the internet to try to find some good info and what they are given is basically just crap. To prove my point, I did that before writing this episode. I did some surfing and you can do the same. Google the best ways to fertilize a vegetable garden and you will be blown away with just how in the pocket of Big Chem and Big Ag, all of these, in quote, experts, nicey-nicey, phony baloney, fake fertilizer companies, university extensions, and bloggers are. It's all about money. Buy this, use that, I recommend you do this. It's all tied back to a 100 years of deception. I'm going to first give some of the examples of what the big misinformation machine of gardening is telling you about fertilizing your veggie garden. And then I'm going to tell you how to unfertilize your veggie garden like we do here on the Healthy Garden Podcast as we live a healthy garden lifestyle. For starters, I went to my own state, Oregon. The Oregon State University Extension has an article called Fertilizing Vegetables Midsummer Gives Plants a Boost. Gardeners often apply fertilizer to their crops in midsummer with a cup of ammonium sulfate, a cup or and a third of calcium nitrate, and a half a cup of urea per about 10 feet of row. Scatter the fertilizer close to the growing plant and water it in. The crops will respond very quickly. It is not uncommon to see a major change in crop color within two weeks. Corn, onions, the cabbage family, and squashes are particularly responsive. Some organic fertilizers like blood meal and alfalfa pellets will also work well. They need to be lightly worked into the soil and it will take longer to see the response. So considering using these organic products earlier if you think nitrogen may be a bit short in your garden. Then it goes on like this, blah, blah, blah. Well, that was all wrong. Oh, here's one from Gardener's Path in January of this year called 11 of the best fertilizers for growing vegetables. (laughs) Oh boy, I can't wait to see this list. And here it is. It's a list of 11 products that range from fish emulsion mm -hmm, to a tomato and vegetable fertilizer made from polymer-coated urea, ammonium sulfate, diammonium phosphate, potassium chloride, and the list goes on, yada, yada, yada. Now, does that really sound like anything that you should be growing your fruits and veggies in? Doesn't that sound just like our history lesson? The entire list of products that they are suggesting is a chemistry study. Gardner's path is not on the right path, if you ask me. By the way, 
I'm not picking on Gardner's Path, although they do say in their About Us, welcome to Gardner's Path, your number one resource for gardening advice and troubleshooting tips, planting pointers, and in-depth reviews of our favorite products and must-haves. Whether you're digging in the soil in a small space, planting containers indoors, or tending to trees and rows of seasonal veggies on a larger plot of land, and... There are mission states. We strive to inspire and support you in making your garden aspirations come true. From the spark of that inspiration to project completion, we're here to guide you every step of the way. Signed, the Gardener's Path Team. Those are pretty big promises and pretty big statements from a team that to me looks like is just supporting Big Chem and Big Ag. We're not specifically targeting OSU, the Oregon State University Extension, either or Gardner's Path. For the record, every extension that I looked up, every university extension, they all had it wrong from the University of Florida to the University of Maryland to the University of New Hampshire to Colorado State University Extension, where they say on their website, providing trusted, practical education to help solve your problems, develop skills, and build a better future. Wrong. I want you all to know that I can't take it anymore. I cannot sit by and support and co-sign this obnoxious lapse of reason and honesty by these alleged experts, be it a university or a garden website. You should see what a large supplier of plants has to say about fertilizing your veggies. Look it up. It is ludicrous. So why? Why am I so adamant about this? And why am I closing the loop tighter and tighter all of the time on the misinformation campaign that has been waged on gardeners and gardening for decades by the chemical gardening companies and faux organic gardening companies? Because I am sick to death of it, and I am not going to personally stand for it anymore. I grew up and out of being a chem landscaper and chem gardener, and it is time for the rest of the world of gardeners, landscapers, and farmers to do the same. So all of the junk that is in every single one of the traditional chemical gardening and faux organic gardening products that they are selling you online or at the nursery to feed your veggie garden is a big, fat, unnecessary lie. Filled with toxins, poisons, chemical residues, and horrific animal slavery abuses that you don't want any part of in your garden. And secondarily, false and misleading advertising that gets you to buy this garbage online and in the nursery or at the depot is so corrupt that the government, if they weren't in on it, should be investigating the collusion and mislabeling of an entire industry. What can you do? Unfertilize your veggie garden. How? Use only compost. The best organic compost that is real farm-made organic compost that you can buy that is tested and real organic and use as much good compost as you can make at home with your own real organic green waste. Prepare your in-ground and raised beds with multiple 
16th of an inch to quarter inch applications of this real organic compost every six weeks and water it in. Next, you're going to make and use five gallon buckets of compost tea. Buy pre-made real organic farm-made compost teas or make your own with your own homemade real organic compost. You will feed your veggies every two to three weeks with a drench of compost tea. And if you see any fungal outbreaks, you'll spray them with the compost tea as well. Just these two things alone will take you off of the crack of chemical gardening. Last in your unfertilization program of your veggie garden, you will learn how to use mycorrhizae, inoculants, and a few other real organic and healthy gardening tricks that we have talked about on the show and that will be out in my second book, which will be released sometime in August. It literally has all of the healthy garden protocols that we've been sharing with you over the years in a much more detailed and straightforward manner that gives you a step-by-step way to get away from all forms of chemical and faux organic gardening. Start here, gang, and you will be miles ahead of the game for years to come. I only garden with compost and compost teas for years. I haven't used a fertilizer in over 20 years. Norm and I grow some of the best vegetables I've ever eaten. We have grown this unfertilized way on thousands of acres, including our little plots at home, multiple little plots at home that we've started. If we can do it, you can do it. Let's show the gardening world and the chemical companies that we mean business. Quit buying their stuff. Tell your nursery that you want real organics and real biologics. Tell them you'll buy the pottery and the other stuff, but that you want real, safe soils and amendments. That's how we change everything, gardeners. Now get out there and unfertilize your garden. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.